Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible, as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers. Okay, so we come to Deuteronomy chapter 2. What is the gist of this chapter? In this chapter... Moses will pick up the story as he would relate to the second generation Israelites about their wanderings in the wilderness. Again, he would use history to teach them about God's faithfulness. Like I I had mentioned, these second generation Israelites were young children when the wandering began in the wilderness. So they are now grown adults, but they saw with their own eyes the glory of the Lord. So Moses is taking advantage of this, and he would continue to teach them about the presence of God in their lives in the wilderness in spite of their disobedience. Hopefully, believing that they would heed his advice after his death. So let us take a closer look at some verses here. We begin with verse 1 out of Deuteronomy chapter 2. Then we turned back and set out toward the wilderness along the route to the Red Sea as the Lord had directed me. Remember, Moses is picking up the story from where the uh, Israelites had attempted 
to go past the land or country of, of the Amorites that was against God's advice and the Amorites beat them up. Okay, we just discussed that in the last few verses of chapter 1. So Moses is now saying that as a result of that, the Lord had given him instructions to reroute the Israelites through a different route on their way to the promised land. So that is what is going on here in chapter 2. Uh, for a long time, we made our way around the hill country of C, verse 2. Then the Lord said to me, verse 3, You have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. That is the rerouting right there. Verse 4, Give the people these orders. You are about to pass through the territory of your relatives, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. They will be afraid of you, but be very careful, verse 5. Do not provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land, not even enough to put your foot on it. I have given Esau the hill country of Seir as his own. Verse 6. You are to pay them in silver for the food you eat, and the water you drink. So now we are getting more revelation with regards to why the Lord had given Moses strict orders not to embark on war with uh, Edomite. Remember, we talked about that in the book of Numbers, how Esau and Jacob were brothers. So the Lord did not want any fighting among the brothers. We talked about that. Verse 7 is really powerful because Moses, Moses went on to remind the Israelites how the Lord had blessed them abundantly in those 40 years that they had spent in the wilderness in spite of their stubbornness against the Lord. We come now to verse 8. Moses is continuing his uh, speech here. So we went on past our relatives, the descendants of Esau. We live, who live rather in Seir. Let me repeat that. So in verse 8, we see Moses explaining how they went past the territory of the Edomites who were descendants of Esau. And obviously, they did not attack them because the Lord had warned him. Now, verses 9 through verse 12 provides an interesting account, a new revelation that we did not obtained in the book of Numbers. What is happening in these verses is that Moses went on to relate to the Israelites and to us how the Lord had enabled the Moabites to possess the land that they resided at that time, which was 
the reason why the Lord had told Moses not to attack the Moabites. That is something that we did not know when we studied out of the book of Numbers. So let's take a closer look at this, and there is a principle here. Beginning with verse 9, Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass the Moabites or provoke them to war, for I will not give you any part of their land. I have given her to the descendants of Lot as a possession. Let's uh, pause. What's happening here is that, remember Lot, the nephew of Abraham? And remember God's covenant? or agreement with Abraham, that he would bless Abraham and his descendants. So what these verses are teaching us is about God's faithfulness to that promise to Abraham. Because Lot was a descendant of Abraham. So the Lord had helped the Moabites. Apparently the Moabites are a descendant of Lot. So they actually had a covenant relationship with God because of God's relationship with Abraham. Isn't that awesome? How God is so faithful. Okay? So the Lord kept his end of the bargain and had helped the Moabites to overcome that land, and that land used to be possessed by a people called Imitites or Emites, however you want to say that. That is mentioned there in verse 10. The Emites used to live there, a people strong and numerous and as tall as the Anakites. So apparently the people who used to live in this land, uh, the Emites, were very strong and they also had giants living there. The giants are referred to as Anakites, but the Lord enabled the Moabites to overcome and possess that land. That is the principle there, highlighting God's faithfulness to Abraham's descendants, okay? So we come to verse 11, and um, like the Anakites, they too were considered repetites. Uh, that was the name that those people were called at that time. Even though the Moabites called them Emites or Emitites, however way you want to say that, that is what verse 11 is uh, teaching. Verse 12 is also another highlight of God's faithfulness because we are learning here how the Edomites, okay, who were descendants of Esau, God had helped them to possess the land that they were living at that time. And that land that uh, the Edomites had possessed through the enabling of God, a people who were called Horites or Horitites, that is mentioned there in verse 12, used to live in that land. But God helped the Edomites to possess that land and they overcame those people called Horites. That is what those verses are saying. Again, showcasing God's faithfulness to his promise. So I wanted to highlight 
that. So now we come to verse 14. Moses is just saying how 38 years had passed from the time they left Kadesh. And the first generation people had died because of their disobedience to the Lord. And um, verse 15 just talked about how God uh, or the Lord's hand was against them until they were completely eliminated from the camp, i.e. they were killed because of that final judgment that God had pronounced against them due to disobedience. Verses 16 all the way through 18, again, just talking about the Moabites, how the Lord had helped them to possess the land. And now we are introduced to another uh, name or nation, Ammonites. That is out of uh, verse 19. The Lord had also warned Moses not to attack the Ammonites. And uh, we are learning that the Ammonites were also descendants of Lot. Again, showcasing God's faithfulness to Abraham. And that the Ammonites uh, possessed their land in spite of the uh, strong people who used to live in that land who were called Rephetites. But the Lord enabled them to overcome that land because God was with them. Again, we are learning how the Moabites possessed their land because God was with them. The Edomites possessed their land because God was with them. And now the Ammonites possessed their land because God was with them. Fighting these battles for them, God was with them manifesting his faithfulness to his covenant relationship with Abraham, just like today he is in our lives, delivering us from the daily burdens and struggles in this life because of the covenant relationship we have with him through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God is faithful. God is faithful. So we come to verse... 22, the Lord, um, Moses rather, just went on to explain to the Israelites how uh, the Lord had rescued or the Lord had delivered the land to the descendants of Esau. And um, in that way, if God could do that to all these other nations, he has and he will do the same to the Israelites. So, again, just to strengthen them, we come to verse 24. Verses 24 all the way to verse 37 is really relaying the defeat of Shinha, king of Heshbon. And we went over this in Numbers chapter 21. This is almost verbatim, uh, almost word for word, what we had already gone through in Numbers chapter 21. So I would recommend you go back and re-listen to that whole teaching because I will skip some of these verses here. So Moses just went on to remind the second generation Israelites how they were able to win and overcome 
Shinhon king of Hezbon because the Lord was fighting the battle for them. So that is really what he explained in all of these verses. And if you come down to verse uh, 26, Moses is reminding the Israelites how even before he engaged in battle with Shingho, king of Heshbon, he had offered him a peace treaty, so to speak. Verse 27 uh, reads, Let us pass through your country. We will stay on the main road. We will not turn aside to the right or to the left. Verse 28, Sell us food to eat and water to drink for their price in silver. Only let us pass through on foot. Again, we see Moses saying he had actually begged. Okay? The king of Heshbon, please let us just go by. We will pay for whatever you give us. And he is saying in verse 29 that he pleaded with the king of Heshbon to let the Israelites go by just like the uh, Edomites led them uh, go by. We come to verse uh, 30. But Shingho, king of Heshbon, refused to let us pass through. So Moses is just saying that in spite of all his pleading, the king of Heshbon refused to let them go through his territory peacefully. Let's continue reading this, there is a powerful teaching here. I will reread uh, verse 30. But Shinghong, king of Heshbon, refused to let us pass through. For the Lord your God had made his spirit stubborn and his heart obstinate in order to give him into your hands as he has now done. Remember, if you have listened to the book of Exodus, this is a similar concept here. Like I taught in the book of Exodus about the Pharaoh, the same concept applies here with regards to Shinhon, king of Heshbon. It is not that God hardened the king of Heshbon's heart. God is omnipotent, i.e. he is all-powerful. We know that. God is omniscient, he is all-knowing. We know that. And obviously, he is omnipresent. He is always present. What these verses are teaching us is that God, in his omniscience, knew the heart of Shinhong, king of Heshbon. And God knew that Shinhong, king of Heshbon, was not going to change. The king of Heshbon's heart was already hardened. He was not going to allow the Israelites to pass through his territory on their way to the promised land. So what did God do? The same thing he did with the Pharaoh. God is like, okay, so God just hardened his heart and put the fear of the Lord in the heart of the king of Heshbon that way the Israelites would overcome and defeat him. So that is what is happening here. 
So I don't want you to want you to walk away from these verses thinking that God can just decide that he would twist our hearts so we would obey him or disobey him. No, God already knew this man's heart. So God just took advantage of that opportunity and just allowed the stubborn spirit to consume king of Heshbon. And he became so hard and he refused to allow the Israelites passage to the promised land. And then that was his downfall. Okay, verse 31, the Lord said to me, See, I have begun to deliver Shinhan and his country over to you. Now begin to conquer and possess his land. So Moses just went on to say that after the Lord had allowed that stubborn spirit to harden the heart of uh, the king of Heshbon, God then told Moses to overcome him by faith and not to be afraid of him. So in verse 33, Moses went on to say the Lord delivered uh, the king of Heshbon into the hands of the Israelites. In verse 34, the Israelites totally destroyed and completely destroyed their, their territory. And in verse 35, the livestock and the plunder were captured. And they were carried away. So the rest of those verses just went on to describe the victory that the Israelites won against uh, Shinhon, king of Heshbon. So that is what Moses is telling us there. Again, highlighting the fact that God was the one fighting this battle for the Israelites and just reminding them that in the same way God enabled them to overcome these other nations, i.e. the king of Heshbon, and they possessed his land, God will also equip them to overcome in the promised land. So we come to uh, chapter 3. We're moving right along here. Chapter 3 is a continuation of uh, their wandering in the wilderness and how they overcame other nations as the Lord was fighting their battles for them. We are going to learn in this chapter the defeat of Og, king of Bosham. So that is the gist of this chapter. The defeat of the king of Bashan and the division of the land. We had discussed these uh, things in Numbers, especially Numbers chapters 21 and 22. I went over the defeat of Og, the king of Bashan. Remember that whole story? And I also talked about Balaam, the first prophet. So I really recommend you go back and you re-listen to that teaching. Because again, this is verbatim, almost word for word, what we had gone over in Numbers chapters 21 and 22. So I will skip a lot of these verses because I have uh, taught about this extensively in the book of Numbers. But let us begin by reading the first verse out of Deuteronomy chapter 3. Next, we turned and went up along the road towards Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, with his whole army, marched out to meet us in battle at area. Now remember, Moses is relaying the journey 
or the wandering of the Israelites in the desert. So now he has come to this part of the story where they came in contact with the king of Bashan, okay? Verse 2, the Lord said to me, do not be afraid of him, for I have delivered him into your hands along with his whole army and his land. Do to him what you did to Shinho, king of Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. Again, Moses had told this to us in the book of Numbers, and I had talked about how God had already won the battle for the Israelites. God had already defeated the king of Bashan, and the Lord just told Moses to remind the Israelites to be strong, not to be afraid, to overcome, because him, God, had already delivered the king of Bashan and his land to the Israelites. So Moses is just reiterating that. And when we come to uh, verse 3, Moses said, uh, The Lord uh, delivered all king of Bashan and his whole army into their hands, meaning that the Israelites uh, won that battle there. In verse 4, we are learning that the Israelites took about 60 cities from king of Bashan, and these cities were fortified with high walls and gates and bars. That is mentioned in verse 5. You have to remember this was a big deal back then. We talked about this. Back then, what, three, 4,000 years ago, to have fortified cities with walls and, and bars, boy, that was unheard of. So these were major, significant victories that the Israelites were winning here. So Moses is reminding this second generation, the Lord overcame these people for you. These were the strongest nations back then. But God handed them to you. So do not be afraid as you get into the promised land. Nothing is impossible. Just like today, the Lord is telling us that he has already scattered, defeated Satan, hands down on the cross. Jesus has demolished Satan, hands, hands down. There is nothing we as true believers have to be afraid of. We just need to stand up in faith, in the name of Jesus, and just allow the Holy Spirit to fight our battles for us. It is the same principle. Okay? So we come to verse 6 now. Moses just went on to, to uh, say how they completely destroyed Shinhong, king of Heshbon. And that in verse 7, they carried off their livestock and their plunder. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Look at verse 8. So at that time we took from these two kings of the Amorites, the territory east of the Jordan, from the Enon Gorge as far as Mount Hermon. Again, Moses went on to relay how they possessed that land and the rest of those verses went on to describe the land that they possessed because the Lord was fighting for them. And I had talked about even in the book of Numbers, and we are seeing the same thing here, 
that even before the Israelites got into the promised land, the Lord was already helping them to overcome all those other nations that were en route the promised land, all those nations that, that were giving the Israelites a tough time, the Lord just delivered those nations into the hands of the Israelites. And like I said in the book of Numbers, even though the Lord has blessed us with all these promises all over the word of God, Satan, your enemy, is not going to rest. He is going to fight you, but he will fight you with each, each promise. So we have to just know that even though the promises of God are laid in front of us all over the word of God, that does not mean that Satan is not going to fight us. We have to stand up knowing that we have already won the battle in Christ. We have to stand up knowing that Satan is already defeated. We have to stand up in faith, trusting that the Holy Spirit is helping us to overcome our daily battles because those battles are already won. But God wants us to stand up in faith in the name of Jesus and apply the authority that him, God, has given us in the name of Jesus and remind Satan that God is fighting our battles for us, that the battle is already won. We have to stand up in faith and fight because the battle is the Lord's. That is the same principle we see here. Okay? So we come to verses 12. Verses 12 all the way to verse 20. Moses went on to expound about how the land that they had won from the Amorites and from all king of Bashan, how uh, the land was distributed. We discussed this, if you recall. We discussed this in Numbers chapters 32 and 34. Remember? how on the east side of the Jordan, the tribe of Reubenites, Gadinites, and the half tribe of Manasseh had approached Moses that they wanted to settle on that east side of Jordan because it was very fertile to raise their livestock. Remember we talked about that? And how Moses had told them that true, they can settle there, but they still have to cross over, go over the Jordan into the promised land and help their brothers to overcome the promised land. And so that is what these verses are relaying. Okay? So um, if you come to verse 19, Moses is saying that he had told them that, however, your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the towns that they had wanted to, to possess, but then they themselves have to cross over to help their fellow Israelites to fight and overcome the promised land. And we went over that whole thing. So you can go back and re-listen to Numbers chapters 32 and 34. Which is why I really, really recommend that people listen to the first five books of the Bible in context. Because... If you just pick up the book of Deuteronomy and you've not read uh, Numbers 
or Leviticus, you just come straight to Deuteronomy, you would be taking the teachings of Moses out of context and you would not gain a fuller revelation of the Mosaic literature or the Mosaic writings or the Mosaic law, however way you want to put it. So I really recommend that you go back and re-listen to the other teachings so that this book of Deuteronomy is really making sense. Because like I said in the introduction, this is where Moses actually gave further revelation about the law that the Lord had given him. So we come to verse 21, which is really interesting. This is a new revelation, verses 21 through 29. Moses would tell the second generation Israelites how the Lord had prohibited him from crossing the Jordan and getting into the promised land. We know that, okay, because we learned that in the book of Numbers. But what we did not learn in the book of Numbers, which we will learn here, is the fact that Moses was really troubled about that punishment that the Lord had bestowed upon him that he would not get into the promised land Obviously, that would trouble any of us. But Moses kept begging the Lord to pardon him, to, to change his mind so that he would get into the promised land. But we will learn that <laughs> the Lord would tell Moses, no, stop begging me. Okay, we will learn that here in the book of Deuteronomy. So let us take a look at verse 21. At that time, I commanded Joshua, you have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms over there where you are going. Moses was just telling the Israelites how he has spoken into Joshua, reminding Joshua that Joshua, you have been an eyewitness to the glory and the power of the Lord. Be strong because God will do the same thing to the kingdoms in the promised land when you get there. Essentially, God would fight your battles and God will deliver those kingdoms to you. Verse 22, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you, just like what I was saying. So Moses was strengthening Joshua and the Israelites. Verse 23, at that time I pleaded with the Lord, sovereign Lord. That is verse 24. You have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth? Who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Verse 25. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. So we see Moses telling the second generation Israelites how he pleaded with God that, Lord, you've already shown me your majesty. I am an eyewitness to your power, to your presence. There is no other God besides you. Just let me go into the promised land. That was Moses begging the Lord. Verse 26, but because of you, this is what Moses is telling the Israelites, but because of you, the Lord 
was angry with me and would not listen to me. That it's enough, the Lord said. So this is a new revelation we are getting that after much pleading from Moses to the Lord, the Lord is like, I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, when I was preparing for this message, this really spoke to my heart. You know, <laughs> there are times when, when we keep taking the same issue to the Lord over and over, if the Lord has already spoken his decision in our heart, or if the answer is found in the Bible, we can go and plead with the Lord all we want. Guess what the answer will be? That is enough. You just do what I ask you to do in my word. Boy, if we can just learn from this. There are things that no matter how much we beg the Lord, God has already answered in his word. You can beg him all you want. God is not going to change. So you would be wise to just pick the answer in his word and put it into your life and just stand by faith and see results. Okay? So that is a principle we're learning here. So going back here to verse 26, the Lord told Moses after much pleading, that is enough. The Lord said, do not speak to me. <laughs> This is interesting. I really appreciate Moses' honesty, transparency here. The Lord told Moses, do not speak to me anymore about this matter. <laughs> Verse 27, go up to the top of Finha and look west and north and south and east. Look at the land with your own eyes since you are not going to cross the Jordan. Verse 28, but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead his people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. Verse 29, so we stayed in the valley near Bethpore. Powerful words here. That Moses, one of the saints of the Old Testament, that I believe, had the closest relationship with God. And God revealed himself to Moses more than any Old Testament saints, I believe. And as we go through the Old Testament, you will also come to that conclusion. Moses heard the audible voice of God. Moses spent 40 days, 40 nights in the presence of God. God handed Moses the Ten Commandments. Yet, Moses disobeyed God in front of the community of the nation of Israel. God's judgment, God's punishment for Moses was decisive. It was final. God would not change the outcome. God is just. We see the just nature of God. God is just. God would not change his mind about Moses, no matter how Moses begged him. God said, okay, you go to the hill and you look north, south, east. Okay. You look 
take a sneak preview, if you will, of the land that the Israelites would possess. But Moses himself did not make it. Friend, God is a just God. We have to be careful. No matter how much we love God, no matter how much we serve God, God's justice will come upon us if we disobey God. God is not going to deal with us based on how much we beg him, based on how, how much we cry, how much we plead. God is love. God is compassionate. God is just. God is bound by his word. God is bound by his word. So we would be wise to obey God, trust him, and then we would not have to deal with God's hmm, punishment, justice in our lives. Of course, today God is not going to strike us dead, but God would just allow the enemy to devour us. So again, uh, that was a powerful lesson there that God... God is just, and justice has to be carried out. So that brings us to the end of chapter 3. So what are the major principles and applications we have learned from chapters 1 through 3? Principle number 1, importance of history. Okay, I talked throughout how Moses used history, the same history of the nation of Israel to teach them about God's faithfulness. That is still applicable to us today. We have this history here that we can learn more of God's nature, like I was just talking about God's justice. God hasn't changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Second principle, leadership qualities. We talked about that. A leader is somebody who exudes godly, godly quality, qualities of wisdom, understanding, and respect. Principle number three, consequences of disobedience. We talked about that. Moses' disobedience, disobedience of the first generation Israelites, who all died in the wilderness. And Moses used that example to remind the second generation Israelites so they can learn from the mistakes of their parents. Fourth major principle out of these chapters is that God is fighting our battles today just like he fought the battles of the Israelites on their way to the promised land. So what are the major applications we can learn from our failures. Our mistakes do not need to keep us in bondage. We can get up in the name of Jesus as New Testament believers and trust the Holy Spirit to correct us, overcome the next battle, and teach us whatever we need to learn from our mistakes so we can, be, we can be better Christians moving forward. Every mistake we make in life is an opportunity for growth. If we choose to allow God to teach us, discipline us, we can grow tremendously 
and we will be a blessing to somebody else. So failures, mistakes are really painful, but we can learn a big lesson. But we must decide to turn to the Lord to teach us that lesson. And the, the, the next major application, which I have talked about over and over, is that today, in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the battle is already won. The Holy Spirit is guiding and directing us how to overcome each struggle in life. And we have the Word of God, which is a sure foundation that gives us direction and ways that we can overcome the enemy and how the battle has already been won in the name of the Lord. So we should take heart. Whatever battles you are struggling with today, it could be financial, it could be poverty, it could be mental, emotional, relationship, whatever the battle is, nothing is impossible for God. The battle has been won. Take heart, turn unto the Lord and trust him. He has already won the battle. Be positive, be hopeful, be expectant. Do not be discouraged. Be, be not discouraged. Okay, get up in the name of Jesus and trust that God is already doing a mighty work. Even though you may not perceive it, God is walking behind the scenes on your behalf because he loves you. He will not allow you to fail. That is not his will for you. So stand up in the name of the Lord and be hopeful, expectant, and know that tomorrow is a better day. Every day is a good day with the Lord. In Jesus' name, I hope you receive that. So Father, we thank you so much for these lessons we have learned out of these first few chapters in the book of Deuteronomy, Lord. Today I pray for all the listeners. I pray for your Holy Spirit to strengthen them for whatever they are going through. Nothing is impossible for you. Holy Spirit, remind them that the battle is yours. The battle has been won. They are already overcomers in Christ. Strengthen them. Strengthen their souls. Remind them of the joy they have in the Lord. Father God, I just pray that since you are a faithful God, since you are a loving God, that all of the listeners today, you will touch them one way or the other, wherever they are, and they will be encouraged right this moment, and they will stand up in the name of Jesus and speak forth their faith knowing that the enemy cannot win in their lives. They are already victorious in Christ. We thank you for the God. We have prayed in the name of Jesus, and we believe by faith this prayer is answered. And in Jesus' name, everybody says amen. So as you proceed with your day today, remember that God is with you always, enabling you to overcome in Jesus' name, I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and bye for now.